it's time to talk about all things mental health. This is Get Mental with Cecile Ahrens. As a seasoned licensed therapist, Cecile is the owner of Transcend Therapy and is here to inform, guide, and connect you on the big and small everyday happenings that affect our mental and emotional well-being. Cecile is passionate about making a lasting and positive impact on people, connecting them to their own wisdom and strength while having a little fun along the way. Get ready to challenge the power of your human spirit. It's time to get mental. And now here's your host, Cecile Ahrens. All the things they say should matter, corrupted by the senseless chatter. Uh-oh, uh-oh. Hi everybody, welcome to Get Mental Podcast and Get Mental Group. Thank you so much for being here. As always, I hope you are all having a good week and I'm going to borrow a phrase that um, I was greeted by this morning. And I really loved it. And that is, I hope that you are experiencing some joy this week. And it's really, I think, um, a good practice to intentionally look for joy in your life in big and small ways. Okay. So today I want to talk about a very normal experience for us humans, but a painful one. It is the process of grief and loss. The process of um, grieving the loss of a person or thing or event or situation in your life, okay? So even though this is normal and a universal experience, it is always often still so painful and um, can create a lot of issues for us later on if our grief process isn't, um, you know, doesn't follow a healthy track, okay? And so I'm gonna talk about normal grief versus complicated grief and ways you guys can cope. But first, I wanna talk about, um, you know, what grief is. Grief is a normal response to a loss, okay? Grief is a natural, normal, healthy response, oftentimes, to a loss. What is a loss? A loss can be many different things. The obvious one that I'm sure we've all experienced is the loss of a relationship, okay? Um, But loss can also be death, it could be disease, it could be disability, right? Uh, It could be divorce, it could be a job, the loss of career aspirations, the loss of a home, you know, if you had to move or worse, worse, you um, were the victim of uh, a fire, right? Or your house was um, a victim of a fire and loss of a lifestyle, loss of pets, change, okay, can also often trigger feelings of grief and loss because, you know, there's usually some loss in the new change, you know, even though positive change may may be welcome in your life, the old stuff you still have to adjust or grieve oftentimes. Um, Loss of freedom, Loss of identity is a big one. Um, Loss of expectation, loss of status, rank, loss of power. So these are just some ways we all experience loss. And some of the things I mentioned, you probably don't even realize that maybe you've, you know, you're still grieving that um, and you didn't realize that you were in a grief process, right? Because oftentimes when we think of loss and grief, we think about death or we think about a breakup. And yes, those are 
probably one of the two most painful events we'll ever endure as human beings. Um, and I've had my share of them and it could really knock you off your center, right? It could really be absolutely devastating. So those types of reactions are normal to a certain extent, as long as they're not prolonged, okay? And again, I'm gonna talk about how you can tell whether you're in a healthy grief pattern or if you've crossed over to what we call complicated grief. So why is loss so painful? Have you ever just kind of stopped and thought about that question? This talk actually really um, allowed me to think deeply about that question, you know? We think the answers might be obvious, but it's really, it's, it's really deep, right? So some of the things I, I thought of is, first of all, grief makes us feel not only pain and devastation, but helplessness, right? For most of us, there's a feeling of helplessness that kind of, you know, comes out, comes down on us because there's, there's no way to, you know, save this person or this relationship or this thing or this house, right? There's a sense of helplessness about, about the situation, even if it's something you chose to leave, right? And you're leaving because you thought, you know, th this is as good as it's going to get. And I don't, I choose not to be there, right? There's a sense of, you know, surrender about what is, you know, there's a sense of maybe reluctant acceptance about the reality of the situation in front of you. So that can be, that can be one of the reasons why it's painful. There could also be a hopelessness around it, you know, um, especially if you tend to, you know, if you've had an experience of loss and you thought, you know, I'm never going to have that kind of love again. I'm never going to feel that way again. I'm never going to experience that thing again. You know, when you start to have those beliefs, it creates a lot of hopelessness in us. And it can really start to limit your reality, limit your worldview. Because remember, right, or if you've listen to me long enough, our thoughts create our realities. So if you start to believe that consciously and unconsciously, that's, that's going to have an emotional equivalent. So the helplessness is real and painful. The hopelessness is real and painful. The other thing I thought about is loss, whether it's through death or a breakup or a loss of a thing, or uh, a material thing or an expectation, right? For example, if you're engaged and you had all these dreams for the future and all of a sudden that gets, you know, taken away, um, that's really hard to adjust to a new reality. So in a way, I think loss connects us or reminds us of the reality of uncertainty. And we humans don't like that, right? We are always trying to exert some sense of agency and control over our life. And to some extent, that's healthy. But, you know, death and loss is one of those things that just is like such a harsh reminder to the fact that we really don't have full control, right? And that this illusion of control becomes so... Um, it, it's... It, the illusion of control is in our faces 
during lo a loss or, a, or a death, right? That there's really only so much we can do to prevent um, from experiencing the pain of it. I think it also is painful because it forces us to confront impermanence, okay? This is a huge um, concept in Buddhism. And, you know, the more we resist it, the more suffering tends to be present. So, you know, the reality is, or the irony is, it's one of the very few things we're guaranteed in life, right? Loss or death, yet it is still the thing we avoid the most, you know? So I think loss and death, you know, forces us to confront our own feelings about mortality and impermanence and uncertainty and the fact that we only have so much control. And those things can be really scary to delve into or to think about, you know? Um, and the obvious one, why I think it really hurts, is because it breaks our hearts. When we lose something we love, or someone we love, something we've really attached to, something that's been a significant, or someone that's been a significant part of our lives, it just really breaks our hearts, and it rocks our world, you know? So, a lot of times, the sadness, the confusion, you know, the helplessness, the hopelessness that you feel, like I said earlier, is a healthy, normal response, okay? Give yourself permission to feel some of those feelings because it's a necessary part of the healing process. It's when you're not feeling those feelings, that's when it can start to create problems for you later on, you know? And um, I've said this, you know, in another post, that we need to feel things to heal it. You know, we can't shortcut our way around it. We can't bypass it. Some of these feelings need to be felt in a manageable way, in a safe way, so that you can really let go of it and release it. You need to process the pain, okay? Processing the pain of the loss is key. So how do you know when you have not, um, when you're no longer in a healthy grief process? Okay, so I'm going to refer to the Mayo Clinic. Um, there's lots of literature around this, but this is a good list, you know, um, for the everyday person to just kind of do a self-evaluation. So basically, healthy grief is doesn't linger, you know, a few months, a few weeks, depending on the type of loss, sometimes up to a whole year, because they say the first year is the hardest one after a major loss, because you have to go through all the anniversaries, right? The first birthday without this person, the first Christmas without this person, the first Thanksgiving, the first this, the first that. And so that can be really a good test of how you're going to handle the future if you can get through the first year with you know without too much um issues or complications those are normal types of uh, reactions right sadness helpless hopelessness maybe you don't want to eat you don't want to you know socialize as long as it's temporary and it's not lingering and you know over time it starts to go away and you start to adjust to the new reality of the laws and you start slowly kind of picking yourself back up that's all pretty normal, okay? We cross over to complicated grief when first of all, your symptoms or your grief response persists or worsens. The classic, see your doctor if your symptoms persist or worsen. It's, it's the same thing for mental health, okay? So, 
you know, a good time frame. Again, you know, my caveat to this is there's not really like a set rule for when it's complicated grief versus normal grief. But a good time frame would be around a year because remember the first year is when you're experiencing things for the first time without this person or this thing or this situation. So if it's been over a year and the Mayo Clinic also um, generally talks about the year mark. So if it's been over a year and you're experiencing persistent symptoms and it's worsened, that's when you know it might, might be time to speak to a professional or at a minimum join a grief support group, okay? So some of the things you wanna look out for as far as symptoms is, you know, you're still feeling intense emotions and sorrow over the loss, you know? Um, you're ruminating over it, meaning you just keep, you know, you're kind of like stuck on a, a stuck mixtape, you know, feedback loop of just constantly thinking about the events, the same thing over and over again, and you're just trying to make sense of it and constantly trying to like, you know, figure out what you did wrong, what they did wrong. That's a healthy or normal part of the grief process. It's called bargaining or parts of it could be called bargaining in the beginning stages. But like I said, right, if, if it's persisting and lingering and you're kind of just stuck in that rumination, that's when you know um, that it might be time to get a professional to help you clear that and process that, okay? Um, if you have extreme focus on reminders of your loved one, or you're, you know, the opposite, you're like excessively avoiding it, um, that could be a form of, I mean, at worst, PTSD, you know? Um, which brings me to the point of, if you've suffered a traumatic loss, there could be some PTSD-ish or full-blown PTSD because of the loss. And if you suspect that, best to see a professional because that's a whole new level of suffering. Um, so, you know, just something to kind of bear in mind. The other signs are um, you just feel numb, you feel detached, you feel disconnected. People feel like they've lost direction or purpose or meaning in their lives. This is especially common or true for those who lost like a significant partner. Um, or loss of identity, like say, you know, you've had a career for 30 years, it's really something you enjoyed and loved and a source of fulfillment and identity for you and then all of a sudden you get laid off. <sighs> that blow can be really hard to, to recover from and usually, you know, those are risk factors to that, that might lead somebody to cross over to complicated grief because of the gravity of the loss. but that alone is not, you know, an indicator that you're going to be in a complicated grief process. I mean, that's just an example of um, a type of grief that can be hard to recover. In a little bit, I'll talk about some of the risk factors of why someone might develop complicated grief versus somebody else, okay? Um, having trouble carrying out normal routines, you're isolating from people, you're withdrawing, your world's gotten really small. So a lot of signs of depression, um, you, you know, you feel like you're being punished. Some people feel suicidal, like the hopelessness crosses over to suicidal. So please, if that's you, that's definitely a time to get help. Don't wait for the 12 month mark, so to speak. Like if you're feeling that at any point in time, 
you know, you deserve help, you deserve support, and that's um, a huge uh, indication that the grief and the pain that you're feeling has really kind of morphed into something else. So really you want to look at the, your quality of life. You know, how has your life been since the loss, right? There'll be a period where it's going to be a little messy and, you know, um, you're going to feel unsure. You're going to feel foggy because of the, the pain. But usually that cloud starts to lift and you start to kind of go back to you to your to being yourself again um so if that's not happening and if you are starting to have really dark thoughts please see a professional there's so many therapists who can help you and if you don't you know if you don't want to commit to therapy at least try a support group if you're in san diego call 211 211 it's the number to call um, if you want some information on local support groups around the county. Um, so, and for those of you who aren't from San Diego, if you Google it, you'll find something. Usually they're um, free or donation-based or some private practices will um, have support groups and, you know, you'll, you'll pay uh, for the services out of pocket. But they're usually very affordable. Transcend Therapy used to have a group group and it was one of our, our more popular groups because there's a... You know, there's just a big need for support for these things. You're not alone. It's not your fault. And help is available. Okay, that's always the message. So who might be at risk for developing complicated grief? Um, they say females, for some reason, women tend to develop complicated grief. And older age seems to be a factor. Not really sure why that is. Um... Also, the nature of the loss can also be a risk factor. So like I said before, a traumatic loss, a violent, unexpected death, um, you know, that's really jar jarring and shocking to the spirit. Um, those can create a lot, of, a lot of very mixed and heavy emotions. Death of a child is probably the worst death I can imagine. It's actually one of my worst fears. You know, um, self-disclosure, right? As a mother, I can't, I can't even imagine. So, you know, again, that can create a lot of um, complications because again, of the nature of the loss, uh, somebody who's really significant to you, if you have uh, current or past history of depression, anxiety, PTSD, and other types of, you know, mental health issues that can exacerbate those symptoms and cross, you know, put you at risk to cross over to complicated grief. If you don't have a light, a lot of support, that is super important. Support, support, support is key. If you don't have a lot of healthy support, um, it's just going to be harder in general for you to get over a loss. Um, and then all the more, if you have these other risk factors, then, you know, it would make sense why you wouldn't just bounce back and be back to your old self. Um, if you have other life stressors in addition to the loss, you know, loss of your, say your husband passed away, but then, you know, two months later, um, you lost your job or you had to move or, you know, your parent, your mom passed away. I mean, loss after loss after loss usually can trigger this complicated grief process and trigger other things like major depression, you know, so it's really important to give yourself permission, not only to feel your feelings, but to seek support, 
okay? Again, it's not your fault, you're not alone, and there is help available. Grief is a normal response, and most of us usually recover in time, but some may not, depending on the nature of the loss and the type of supports you have and the type of life circumstances or stressors you have in addition to the loss. Don't be afraid to reach out. Don't be afraid to ask for help. We all need it. We all suffer when it comes to loss and grief. Nobody's immune to it. We all hurt and we all need a shoulder to lean on. So give yourself permission, okay? I hope this was helpful. I hope this was, um, you know, just encouraging for some of you. If, if you feel like, you know, maybe it's time for me to unpack some of my old stuff that maybe I'm still holding on to, um, why not? Why not? You deserve to feel better. You deserve to be in a place of more hope and um, possibility. So, as always, be well, be gentle, get mental, because we all have issues. Bye for now. Thanks for joining us today on Get Mental with Cecile Ahrens. To learn more about Cecile, become a sponsor or guest on Get Mental, or if you have any questions about mental health, visit TranscendTherapyCA.com. That's TranscendTherapyCA.com. Join us next week at this same time for more talk on all things mental health on Get Mental with Cecile Ahrens. Don't